2015 Tour of Sufferlandria. Yeah, I know what I said. I know what I said. I said it was over. I said I was finished with the podcast for the 2015 Tour of Sufferlandria. But then along came an opportunity. Let me put it this way. It was on. It was off. It was on. It was off. It was on. It was off. A lot of schedules happened. And you know what? It was kind of like one of those high school romances. It was on and it was off so often, but we landed it. I got it. Some people claim they hate him. Yes, that's true. But I'll tell you what. The guy has forgotten more than we need to know about the sport of cycling. The great Sir Neil Henderson coming in to get us through not only the midpoint of the Tour of Sufferlandria, but to get us on home and prepare us for goals beyond. That's what I'm talking about, knighthood. I can't get through an episode without talking about knighthood. A Sufferfest Tour of Sufferlandria special with Sir Neil Henderson. Okay, everybody, welcome to the show. One of the few people probably okay with the concept that some Sufferlandrians might not like him. You see, he is a knight. He is a coach of uh, some fairly well-known and somewhat successful cyclists, I might add. He's the designer of several of the workouts you tour participants have been struggling through, as well as the main man behind Apex Coaching. Please welcome to the show, Sir Neil Henderson. Welcome aboard, man. Hello, Sir Patrick. Nice to be here. Hey, thank you. First of all, you know, let's get right down to it. Um, we talked about this a little titch off air before we got going. How's the tour of Sufferlandria going for you? Uh, I am. I'm in survival mode at this <laughs> point. After uh, day five, I'm. I'm finding it a little challenging, and uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's this is I don't know. I, I personally I don't know about you, but it seems like I'll have rides that'll work, and then a day that is just absolute nightmare. Absolutely. Um, it, you're going to have some waves. You're going to be uh, up some days and definitely down and really far down some others. And uh, the key thing is when you're having those rough days, sometimes you just got to pull back a little bit and uh, take it piece by piece, sometimes minute by minute, not just interval to interval. Just just set small little attainable goals just to keep pedaling for 20 more seconds every now and then. That's what, what you need to do. That's perfect. Hey, can you before we get too much into it, can you tell me and the the listeners a little bit of your background um you know, where you came in, how you came into coaching, um what type of people you work with? I saw on your website you've got triathlon experience, how Apex came to be and and all this yeah. Definitely. So it, it's uh, kind of a long time coming. I was I grew up in involved in different sports. I did a few triathlons actually while I was in high school, but I was a little more focused on track and field. And I uh, went to uh, a vacation with my family. We drove around the country and actually uh, stopped at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And I went on the kind of standard tour and actually asked if I could go into the sports science building and just talk to somebody about different careers. I was 16 years old at the time. So I was kind of thinking, you know, what I would be doing when I was, you know, when I left high school, going to college, what I might want to study. And fortunately, somebody let me uh, basically come in there and, and talk to a couple of the folks that worked at the Olympic Training Center there. And I got a good idea of really what kind of the sports sciences look like in terms of biomechanics and physiology. And uh, when I went to school at Penn State, I uh, studied exercise physiology, exercise and sports science. And I also uh, coached the triathlon team then. 
that we had at the university. And I, I worked a little bit for a couple of years before going to graduate school here in uh, Colorado at University of Colorado Boulder, where I studied kinesiology and applied physiology. Um, I did some work. I volunteered with the first national teams with uh, USA Triathlon back in 1996. Uh, triathlon didn't enter the Olympic program until 2000. And uh, I raced triathlon professionally for four years from 2000 through 2003 while I was uh, continuing to coach and, and work full time because I knew my upper limits were not quite the stuff of, uh, of world championship titles uh, at an elite level. So wow. I had been uh, working and coaching with a lot of triathletes in my early coaching career. And that's when I started Apex Coaching in 1999 when I graduated from uh, CU Boulder with my master's degree, trying to figure out exactly what I was going to do. And uh, not long after that, I uh, took the position as the director of the sports science department at Boulder Center for Sports Medicine in 2001. And I worked there for 12 years, um, where I was in charge of the biomechanics lab, sports nutrition, coaching, and biomechanics, uh, and exercise physiology. All those areas were kind of under my, under my, uh, job responsibility and I had a great time working there and uh, eventually basically had to had to get to the point where I was coaching a lot of athletes a lot of successful athletes like Taylor Finney and Evelyn Stevens and that just kept growing and and uh, basically in 2013 I, I made the move to to exclusively focus on apex coaching and consulting again Oh my God! I, I'm just I'm soaking it all in, and I'm realizing that I used to think I knew uh, enough to talk about the sport. But thanks for making me feel like a complete schmuck. <laughs> uh, no. It's all just different levels. No, so, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, right? I've I've had great experience working with athletes, literally juniors through you know amateur, uh, collegiate and amateur age group competitors to elite professionals, Olympians, world champions. Um, as well as master's athletes in their 60s and 70s and 80s. Now, what brought you into the Sufferlandrian fold? Was there an yeah. event or was there a bet that you lost or something along those lines? Yeah, it was uh, really a connection um, from uh, David McQuillan and Connie Carpenter. So um, I had worked with uh, Connie and Davis and their bike camps back in the early 2000s. Um, and... Um, David being uh, the great guy that he is, making that connection with the Davis Finney Foundation um, really kind of ignited things. So I, I coached Taylor from the time he started racing uh, uh, through, you know, currently I'm still helping. I'm not doing his day-to-day -day, uh, coaching anymore. I, he does a, a little bit more with his team, but I'm still here as a resource with him. But uh, back a couple years ago, um, David asked if I could – do something, put together a workout where a big portion of the proceeds would benefit the Davis Finney Foundation, and that workout was Blender. Really? Okay. So how? So that was my first. I had seen a couple of the videos. So we had an indoor cycling studio at Boulder Center for Sports Medicine where I worked at the time, and uh, so I had I was familiar with it. Um, and so the the Blender was kind of putting together some of my favorite workouts that I that I do and that I have athletes I coach do. Okay. So, yeah, so these are for the, for the people who are distance, who haven't experienced a lot of your individualized coaching before these workouts, as we all know, through doing a lot of these suffer one suffer fests are absolutely brutal. Are these what they would come to expect from working with somebody of your caliber of your coaching of your programs? 
Yep, these would be components of the the high intensity quality workouts. Wow. Um, and uh, even you know, guys and gals like Rowan Dennis and Evelyn Stevens are doing. They may not do the Sufferfest workout itself with the video, though on occasion they do. Uh, but they're doing a lot of the same constituent efforts. So something like uh, pain shakes in uh, yeah. in Blender, uh, you know, three six uh, well three sets with six efforts per set. Uh, kind of the pro level of that workout might be three sets of ten um, of each of those efforts with maybe even a little bit higher power in the on on section. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then followed by a you know thirty minute tempo climb or something like that might be uh, something that they might do. There are in in terms of this, we're, we're recording this pretty much at the midpoint of the tour of Sufferlandria. Um, there are many just simply trying to hold on. I mean, I we've seen on the Facebook groups of people with up and down days. Um, what advice can you kind of give? You mentioned a little bit at the at the top of the show, but um, in terms of trying to get through uh, the remaining four days of what's going on. Yeah, the the big picture. Uh, one thing is trying to optimize whatever recovery you can in terms of having good nutrition, eating enough, eating well, and then getting adequate sleep if it's at all possible to, to get a, an extra half hour or even hour of sleep here or there. Some of those, some of those nights will benefit you. Um, the work that you're doing is, is heavy, and so you have to basically have an increased focus on recovery uh, to be able to get through it. How about so you only work as hard as you can recover from. So the recovery becomes now even in more and more important. Okay. Okay. How about days like Friday? I, don't, I know that there are several people out there who haven't done back-to-back videos. Maybe the first day they have. Um, that is, it seems like, not only a physical uh, beast on the horizon, but also a, a mental. I mean, people are, I've, a lot of people are terrified of a day like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you gotta kind of take it one at a time. Um, if you've ever been in a race and somebody's attacking really hard and you think there's no way that I can keep doing this, but for a few minutes you can, and you stay in there and then eventually it backs off. You're going to have some of that. You have that on and off. You have some periods where you'll have a little bit of recovery and you just kind of break it into those manageable chunks. Another just big, you know, kind of high level overview. If you are using something like trainer road or using uh, one of the trainers and programs where it's kind of dictating how hard relative to your, to your FTP or threshold power, um, you may want to consider backing that off a little. I know that sounds, you know, like sacrilege, but honestly uh, you'd be better off some days backing it off to 90% and getting through it than staying at a hundred for half of it and completely blowing apart and really not managing well the, the next or the following days. Um, even the pros in a race, sometimes they, they realize that they're over their limit and they got to pull back a little bit to save something for the next day. That's great. Okay. Let's say I do get to the point where Friday's over. I will thank God. Not Friday. Sorry. Uh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. It's Saturday. Yep. I keep thinking I'm yep. thinking a day ahead. Sorry about that. I was going to say Friday doesn't look too bad. Friday's to not bad. I mean, yeah. That's easy. Three by 10. Yeah, exactly. Let's okay. Let's say I do finish it. Let's say I get through Saturday. Let's say I get through uh, Sunday and everything's good. Um, a lot of people are going to experience a pretty sizable fitness gain just from something of this short of intensity of, of length and with high intensity. Um, do you have any recommendations for how to make, how to work off of that, how to build off of that, where to go next from there? Yeah. The, the important thing is this is going to be an overload for most anyone out there. 
Um, you're going to have done more in nine days than you might normally do in a hard two weeks or more. So it is going to be important to have some rest and recovery. Um, in a lot of cases, I recommend after a big overload like that on, say, Monday, just doing an easy 20 or 30 minute spin and then taking two or three or sometimes even four days completely off the bike. I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> you can't get better if your body doesn't recover. And, and depending how much training you've done coming into the tour, you might be okay in two or three days. But a lot of folks are still going to have some residual effects from the fatigue for five to seven days or potentially even more. And so it's important to respect that and to give yourself some true rest some real off the bike time. And if you're on the bike, just make it really, really easy, extremely easy, active recovery, just getting some blood flow and make sure you take care of your body. So doing some things, you know, if you get a massage or just do some additional work at home, if you use a foam roller or one of those massage sticks mm -hmm. or those kind of things, just take good care of your body so you can be stronger uh, from all the work you've done. The worst thing you could do is to push through this and then just stay on the gas for another few days and then end up completely cooked and mentally burned out as well as maybe physically so tired that you just can't even use your fitness. You have to rest so much. Okay. Um, there are some grumblings and people send seem to. I've, I've interviewed several other nights uh, about the individual stages. Some people have finished this and then they start to actually consi consider knighthood going on to that, that next phase and that attempt. Um, yeah. what do you think about that and thoughts and advice on anybody who's that insane to try something like that? Yeah, I think, uh, it can definitely be done. I would, you know, if it were me, I would look at doing it the week after the weekend after. So that Saturday or Sunday, uh, February, uh, say, what is that? Seventh and eighth Yeah, would be a smart time where you, you should have had enough rest and you've got the motivation, you got the fitness and let her rip, go for it. Straight out, really? Okay, I waited till March to do mine, so I obviously uh, screwed up. Yeah. Well, again, it <laughs> depends depends on the person, and, and again, how much time you got available, how much of a leash you've got uh, from from your loved ones, whether they'll let you do this crazy thing that soon after. But uh, if you've come into it with reasonable fitness and you rest hard, so again, you've done hard work, you got to rest hard. So I would again do an easy spin on Monday. I would do absolutely nothing then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I would do a little bit Saturday and then do the attempt Sunday myself. All right. There we go. That's that's prime. Okay. Oh, man. So uh, now was your knighthood something that you had contemplated or did uh, were you threatened by the, the Lord of Sufferlandria at all? Um, I, I, uh, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Oh, please do. It's a big bus. There's plenty <laughs> no, of room. I, it was a free volitional decision on my own behalf <laughs> to do something greater than myself for <laughs> okay. something bigger. Okay. And so I took that challenge and, uh, I, I'm, I'm really pleased we made, uh, a, a sizable donation to the Davis Finney Foundation between uh, my my knighthood and then my uh, other coach, uh, Sir Grant Holicky with Apex Coaching, who did his knighthood just a couple months later. And the two of us combined uh, made about, I think it was about $3,600 for the Davis Finney Foundation. That's awesome. So 
and we did some good things, but man, that was a that was a tough day. I've uh, about every ten years I've done something fairly epic. So this this past year it was uh, my knighthood, and and that honestly was one of the hardest things I've done on a bike. It was an eighty degree day, October twenty fifth in Boulder, and I did not see an ounce of it. Um, oh, I had a couple people who came in to taunt me during the uh during my ride and and i did have davis finney actually stop by for a while when i was pretty well in the depths uh, <laughs> about my fifth video suffering greatly and uh having davis there and chatting with him for a while uh helped me kind of keep my eye on 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 the prize and and be able to be mentally strong enough to get through it because physically everyone hits a limit yeah it's really then ultimately about what your head is capable of doing and how much longer you're able to do it for. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So 10 years earlier, I had done uh, 24 hours of Moab solo on the mountain bike. And oh. uh, 10 years before that, I had done my first Ironman triathlon. So you're clear so, for a decade. So every, so I've got nine uh, years and another, I think, uh, eight, nine months until something ridiculous has to happen again. Extremely ridiculous. You know, I like that philosophy and I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to run with it. That's brilliant. Hey, um, bef you know, before I wrap things up, tell me about your coaching and Apex and what uh, what type of people you work with. Um, is it a distance operation and, and things like that? Yeah. So uh, Apex Coaching, we are based here in Boulder, Colorado, though we do have clients that are from literally um, around the world. Um, and we have uh, myself as, as the founder and, and, and kind of head coach. We also have Sir Grant Holicky. Um, who actually is a uh, swim coach as a, as a specialty, but he also raced triathlon professionally, and he works with a lot of cyclocross racers. Um, I have another new coach uh, that started working with us last year, Kristen Legan, and uh, she's one of the gals who rode the entire Tour de France route in 2012 with uh, the Rev Tour. Oh, you heard God. of that? Yeah, so yeah. she also had raced triathlon professionally for four years uh, prior to, to switching over to just being a cyclist. And uh, I've got uh, another athlete who uh, he's an undergraduate student at Penn State University, which is where my undergraduate alma mater is. But he did an internship with me last summer. And uh, nay, when he graduates, he's going to be coming out and working with Apex Coaching. So we have a, a few different coaches with uh, some different specialties. And we really do work with athletes across the range. I definitely, you know, have a have a you know pretty good elite group that I work with. Uh, but I do also work with age group and master's athletes, as do uh, Kristen and Grant. And again, we do have a lot of local athletes here in Boulder. It is, you know, one of those meccas. But we do have athletes then that live literally around the world. So for somebody who's new to uh, the hiring of a coach, what can they expect depending upon, obviously, their level of commitment? Yeah. Um, with that, the, the kind of key things is, are getting to know your coach. And in, and in some cases, it's, you know, Skype conversations once a month, mm -hmm. uh, looking over what you've done. So having a training schedule delivered to you, you we use the training peaks as our kind of training uh, delivery system for workouts, as well as then people to upload those. And 
because we do look at, you know, a balance of art and science, we do uh, encourage athletes to track and monitor their workouts in some way that that can be shared. Because again, not everyone is right here that we can see things instantly. So having that kind of electronic communication going back and forth is, is one of those things. And uh, then being able to, to have those conversations and, you know, drop an email, send a text and get some feedback and guidance on a given workout when you're not sure whether you should do a little more or a little less some days. Um, and it ultimately is, is a relationship um, that you have with a coach that, you know, you have to have a, have a, a give and take. Um, like I always tell athletes, we can't read your mind. You got to tell us if you're feeling something and we can make adjustments and give you the support you need at times. And also sometimes tell you to, you know, it's, it's just time to get it done. There's a a balance that, that a coach can, can objectively look at what you're doing in training better than you as an individual athlete can do. Okay. So if somebody was interested, where do they go? How do they find you guys? Yep, they can just go on our website. It's uh, www.apexcoachingco.com. Okay. Right there, and uh, we've got all the info. There's a little contact us, and uh, you can shoot that. And uh, myself, Grant, or uh, Kristen will get back in touch with you. Brilliant. Hey, last question before we go. um, And I don't like to bring up uh, unnecessary controversy, but there is a hashtag floating around that I have seen in the Knights groups and we've seen around here. And you know what? I'm going to pull a little bit of a tabuloid kind of a format here. And and it actually is stating that everybody hates Sir Neil. And um, I would like to not only allow you to comment on that, but get your opinions on the fact that if you are truly hated, what would possibly be the reason? Well, I I believe it kind of goes back to something that Michael Scott said on The Office. Okay. When uh, they asked him, you know, would you rather be loved or hated? (laughs) And he said, uh, you know, I want people to hate how much they love me. (laughs) So I really think that's what's going on. (laughs) It couldn't be the fact that halfway through Blender, everybody's going, are you kidding me? Come on. Definitely not. Definitely not. None of that. I think it's all love. It's all love. That's the way I read it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just you you whatever whatever helps you sleep at night, man. I may be deluded beyond all measure, but I'm happily doing so. And, and it's blissful in that little state, isn't it? I bet there are rainbows oh, and I'm unicorns. And, yeah, exactly. My world, it's a good place to be. <laughs> Well, uh, Sir Neil, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy, and I know that the uh, the riders and the everybody involved in the tour is going to get some good advice out of this on how to hold on, on where to take it to the next phase, and how to get a hold of somebody if they if they truly want to take it to that that next phase and elevate their sport to it. So I appreciate your time. Absolutely, Sir Richard. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you. Yeah, I heard it too. I could have sworn he said Sir Richard there. But you know what? Richard was a king, and I could take that. The king of Sufferlandria. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hey, you guys. This is Pat Bulger in the Pack Filler Studios with the Pack Filler Podcast. Our series of the 2015 Tour of Sufferlandria continues on. Who knows what I've got up my sleeve? I'm not telling anybody a magician never reveals his tricks. Stay strong. Get yourselves through the tour of Sufferlandria, you guys. I'll talk to you on Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, Sufferlandria Sunday.